0: Welcome to Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I am an educator, speaker, mentor, and author. I believe in the importance of helping children reach their potentials, so they will become well-rounded, intelligent citizens with positive influence and impact in society. Join me to hear from experts who can help give parents access to the best skills, strategies, tools, and resources to help their children be successful and ultimately excel in the world. Hello, everybody. This is Helen Panos, Dynamis Learning Academy, a K-12 tutoring service that helps children reach their potential. And today, I have a guest on my Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. Her name is Anita Prendergast. Uh welcome Anita for uh for, and thank you for coming and joining me today on my podcast.
1: Thank you Helen, thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here today.
0: Awesome. Well, we are really looking forward to your topic. I am so glad you could join us because I think what you do is extremely important right now, especially during our times of uh, a little changes, let's say. <laughs>
1: <Just> <laughs> no, a no. Little. Uh,
0: In the world, let's say. (laughs) Um, So tell everybody a little bit about your your journey and what your company's name is, of course, um, and what you do.
1: Okay, sure. So I'm the founder of Village Academy for Families, and I'm also a licensed massage therapist. So my journey actually began years ago as a developmental specialist working with children with disabilities. So eventually I started doing office work and just hated it. So I said, let me get back to what I really like to do which is working with children. So um, I became a massage therapist. I went to massage therapy school and while in my massage therapy school, I also started working at a, a preschool in Manhattan on the Upper East Side. And while in that preschool and in the massage therapy school, I combined the two. I just started doing different techniques, mindful techniques with the kids and, you know, some relaxation. My my kids always slept during nap time because I would massage them at nap time. They always sat during story time. No, just implementing those massage um, techniques with the kids, and then the parents started to recognize that there's something different about Miss Anita's class. The kids are so well behaved, and so years later, um, my kids. Once I had my own kids, I had three lovely children. They're 24, 19, and 17 now. But at a, when my daughter, the 17-year-old, when she was about 15. I just burned out. (laughs) I I was so overwhelmed as a parent. I just say, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. And so she was she was right before her 16th birthday. She's like, mom, are you serious? Is my sweet 16 and you're not going to be a parent anymore? <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, you know, I made a cake because every year for the three of them, I would bake a cake and it was supposed to be a surprise. And, you know, so, I, okay, I baked her a cake for her 16th birthday, but I was really burned out. And um, so what brought me through that was going back to my roots as um, a massage therapist working with children mm-hmm. and and moms who were stressed out and just applying some of those same techniques, the mindfulness, taking care of yourself, showing the kids um, how to take care of themselves as well. And that really helped me through.
0: Oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah,
1: so with that, <laughs> so sorry, with that, I actually created the, um, I focused my, my massage business on families. And now I de- develop courses to teach these techniques to moms and kids.
0: That's awesome. I know uh, I love a good massage. I'm about to have one this week. <laughs>
1: awesome. That's my favorite form of self-care.
0: That's all right. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, it's great because, um, you know, chiropractic and massaging and we had uh, Dr. Holmes on uh, my season one podcast. She talked about um, you know, chiropractic and neurofeedback and all this stuff is like really great to start teaching kids from young. Um, I wish I had done this a lot, long, a lot earlier myself.
1: A lot early, yes. I always say that I'm the person that I wish I've known when my kids were younger <laughs> because yeah. it would have been so much easier for me.
0: That's right. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you some questions. So speaking of parents, what would you say, how would you define parental burnout?
1: Well, like I said, we all get overwhelmed at times. You know, we have to take the kids to soccer practice. We have to take them to school, make their lunch and get (laughs) ourselves ready for work. And so it's that go, go, go mentality that um, we feel. And we tend to get stressed, you know, and sometimes we can recover from it. Sometimes it takes longer. So when we feel overwhelmed, and the um, parental burnout comes on when that daily stress is just so chronic that it makes you feel exhausted. And it mm-hmm. leads to you feeling detached from your children and really unsure about your parenting abilities.
0: Yeah, I can definitely... I hear that all the time in my business, and I see it, actually. Yes,
1: when the kids are taking the exams, you're worried about, are they studying enough? Are they going to pass? And a lot of the times, um, they, children pick up on our stress as a parent, so that stresses them out even more. So we have this cycle of just stressed out families.
0: Right, yeah. So um, what is mindful parenting? What would you say that is?
1: So what I started doing after um, I realized what was going on with me, um, I started researching and I found the mindful parenting. So mindfulness is taking time to, to address how you're going to respond to something instead of react to situations. So it's all about being present in a moment. So when you're mindful parenting is being present with your children in that moment, right. free from distractions or judgment and with a soft and open mind.
0: Yeah. And I know it's tough when parents are, like you said, running around. They have to take care of their kids. They have to take care of themselves.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, And it's not about being, it's not about being perfect. It's not about not getting upset. It's just about really stopping, you know, when we're all trying to run out the door to be on time for school and work, you know, and the and your toddler's shoe can't tie their shoe instead of looking and say, I said, tie your shoe, you know, it's just taking the time to breathe, to relax and to understand why are you upset,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and then to just, you know, help with the shoe tying or say, okay, we'll tie the shoe in the car or, you know, just kind of taking that step back to respond instead of reacting. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Gosh, things sure would be a whole lot different today if everybody stopped and... <laughs> Looked and thought and then responded. <laughs> exactly. I know we're, we're prone to, I think, want to react as soon as we hear something. And uh, even as a, a grown up, right, I, I have to sit back and go, okay. Let me think about this for a minute before I respond.
1: <laughs> exactly, so it takes those same techniques. So I teach it to the parent and to the children because the children, like I said, they're looking at us, they pick up on our stress, but they also pick up on our behaviors. So if we model that behavior mm-hmm. of mindfulness, then they'll pick that up as well. And start from young, you know, like I said, I wish I I was, I was knew myself when, I, when my kids were younger, because, you know, to teach them at a younger age, So that'll just be a matter of fact of life,
0: right? Yeah, because they could use these what you're talking about these techniques and tips um, that I'm sure you're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, But they can use that when they go into the classroom and they have children that are acting a little differently toward them. And you know, if the teacher they don't I hear this a lot. I don't like my teacher. I don't like. She doesn't like me. (laughs) (laughs) She hates me. So then how do they know how to, you know, they got to learn how to respond. Because I was just listening to a friend of mine the other day tell me how her grandchild got grounded for several weeks (laughs) Um, because he he made a comment to the teacher. No, no. That's him. He does it all the time. And I'm laughing and I'm like, oh, wow. Right. I need to have this uh, podcast uh, with Anita because maybe... I'm going to send this uh, actually to my friend and she can forward it to her daughter.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's about, like I said, taking that step back and deciding why instead of responding to a certain um, situation or something that the teacher did, you know, why are you, why do you have this reaction? Mm-hmm. You know, and then just it's about self, like you said, we'll get into the techniques, but um about self-regulation, just taking that step back and having that compassion for someone else well you know what do you think your teacher feels about this about you you know saying whatever you said Mm -hmm.
0: right so since we're talking about kind of techniques tell us uh, a couple maybe mindfulness techniques that you teach that parents or and or children it might be two different things if you want to talk about children first then talk about the parents maybe one of each techniques that are are uh crowd here can listen to and and maybe take and apply immediately after they hear you uh, on this podcast?
1: Sure. So one of the techniques that I teach is progressive relaxation, progressive muscle relaxation. And this can be done with adults, children, Um, toddlers anytime. And one of the things that I hear a lot is, oh, um, my teens, I can't talk to my teens or my teen won't do this. Mm -hmm. And what I teach is that as a parent, if they see you doing these things, one, they will ask you, mom, what are you doing? That's silly. And, but, you know, just to get that conversation going and then they'll see that change in the parent and they'll start to um, practice that themselves. So the progressive muscle relaxation is squeezing each muscle as tight as you can. I have my hands squeezed right now. So you squeeze your fists as tight as you can mm-hmm. for three seconds, and then you relax yeah. and feel the relaxation of, of that. Yeah. And then what that does is it increases the blood flow, it restricts the blood flow to those muscles. And then once you relax, the blood comes rushing in, and that's when you get that relaxation feeling. So it teaches you to notice when your muscles are tight mm-hmm. and you're tense, I'm squinching my shoulders up now. You can't see me, <laughs> I'm squinching my shoulders. And then you just drop them and let them relax. So now you know the difference between tension and relaxation. And you do that from the top of your. You could do it with your teeth. Start with your shoulders, down to your arms your legs, ah. your feet and your toes and it's just the whole thing to eventually relax your whole body.
0: You hold it for so many seconds? You this?
1: hold it for three seconds. Ah, you okay. You even do your whole body and then you just let it go ah. and feel the, ah. the difference <laughs> between <laughs> extreme stress. Three, two, one and let it go and relaxation and then take the deep breath. Yeah. Uh, yes. I love the deep breath <laughs> afterwards. So yes, the deep breathing and you'd be surprised how, you know, how, um, back in the day when they would say, oh, just count to 10, you know, if you feel stressed, just count to 10 and then you feel, and that's sort of what this is. So you're taking that, those seconds to just breathe and relax, and then you'll see the situation differently at okay. the end of it.
0: That's cool. Now, obviously kids can do that and parents,
1: right? Right, the kids and the parents. One other thing that I teach as a massage therapist, which I think is very important, is massage for infants, toddlers, and teens. Mm. So I teach parents how to massage their children. And I'll just put it out there. We need to remove the stigma and the fear of touching one another. It has gotten ridiculous. We can touch our own kids. We can, you know, kids can touch other kids. We just have to teach how to touch. Touch is good. It's our very first language. It communicates love, fear. It communicates the good and the bad in us all. But most importantly, it makes that connection to those around us. Right. So, no. So we teach. So I teach positive touch. And to create that bond with your, with parents and child, and even with siblings. Hmm, That's cool.
0: So even little babies, huh?
1: Even little babies, yeah. we think of little babies as um, you know they're so cuddly. Everyone wants to squeeze them and hold them. They're so cute. But some parents they suffer from that detachment. They have that postpartum depression, moms and dads. Mm-hmm. So and we some of us we have that natural you know instinct to touch and and massage our kids at the be- at the bath time before bedtime, but some parents don't have that. And there are specific techniques that you can use to really increase that bonding with your baby. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Who would have
1: thought that, huh? A little and as, Right. And as far as teens, I, like I said, I hear a lot, oh, my teen, they'll never let me touch them or never give a massage. or So it's just the same thing with teens. You wouldn't necessarily have them lie down on a massage table and, you know, Right. Rub them down with oil, anything like right, that. Right, right. It's just noticing okay, they maybe had a stressful day. They maybe if they're into sports. Maybe they had a bad um, game today. So when they come home, just that gentle hand on the shoulder that's adding that touch. And, um, you know, just the routine of them getting used to touch. Because, like I said, you know, when the children are infants, when they're toddlers, they get more of that, that loving, hugging touch. When they start to go to to school, to grade school or, you know, first grade, middle school, high school, that touch goes away. They don't want mom and dad right. to touch them too much. So we have to really introduce that. As a massage therapist, I think we should have massage every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: most of us can't afford that. So I say find ways to implement touch every day into your everyday lifestyle. And like I said, that could be with a gentle touch on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach scalp massage, um, you know, the hand, the feet, just whenever your child is open to it, even that teenager, they'll see you rubbing your, you know, your toddler's feet and they want in on it too. Trust me, they see you doing it, (laughs) they want in on it too. And another thing is, even if they, you feel like they won't let you touch them, if you ask, oh, mom had a hard day today, can you rub my shoulders? I won't say feet because they probably say no, but <laughs> can you rub my shoulders? And, you know, eventually they will. And the thing about it is that them giving the massage has the same benefits as them receiving the massage because yeah. it's all about that connection. Mm-hmm. So we just have to connect with our kids a little bit yeah. more.
0: So I was gonna ask you, what are some uh, mindfulness or how do children respond to mindful parenting? How, how do you think, what's your experience with that? Some
1: some like it, some don't. It's Some like it, it depends on, um, definitely you wanna start with the ask. You don't just wanna start, um, even with the babies, you want to start with the ass, you know, can are you can I massage you? You know, usually it's the rubbing of the hands together a visual cue. Mm-hmm. And as they get older, you can sort of work with the language. But um some will be into it in the beginning and then grow out out of it. Um, If you haven't introduced touch early, then they may just be averse to touch and to begin with. So you have to start slowly, like I said, with this hand on the shoulder, they, um, you know, rub on the back, that -hmm. kind of thing. But research shows that children who experience mindful parenting techniques like these are less likely to do drugs. They're less likely to get depressed or have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it improves the parent-child communications. It reduces hyperactivity in young kids, mm-hmm. and there's so many benefits. I can there's like I can go down a list of benefits of um, mindful parenting and positive touch. Right. Yeah.
0: I, I can mm-hmm. see benefits for
1: sure. And one one of the things that I want to talk about too, Helen, is the um, stress that our teens that our children have. Um,
0: I, I had this on the news yesterday, actually.
1: Yeah. What was about the stress? Yes, yeah, stress yeah. and anxiety, especially at this time among um, among school-aged kids. Now, I'm going to talk about a difficult subject, but um, just to give your viewers a chance to, you know, prepare themselves, but um, according to the Center for Disease Control, you um, the prevalence of suicide has gone up between, in in children 10 years old, 10 to 18 years old, 10 year olds are committing suicide. Wow. Why is that? You know, that's something that we definitely can address with making that mindfulness connection, that physical connection. The mm-hmm. one thing that um we are missing, in my opinion, is that physical touch, because like I said, that, that is the first, that is our first form of communication is directed, is, is connected directly to our brain. So <laughs> it's is the first connection that we make is the touch. Right. So it's so important to really add that physical touch when you're positive. Let me add that <laughs> positive physical touch when you're parenting your children.
0: Mm-hmm. I just know uh actually we just uh lost someone in our church, um, a fifteen year old, almost he was almost sixteen in a, a week or so, um, to suicide. Just uh right. just did it earlier this month, like on the seventh of February. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: that that is. And then I just happened to hear it on the news last night as I was working. I had the TV on and I was listening to them talking about that. And I'm sure it's not just the fact that we have COVID, but that, you know, I mean, there might be been something there already and parents
1: are
0: noticing it or maybe they are noticing it and hoping it's going to go away. But I really, now that you've brought that up, I really want to encourage parents while we have the audience here listening to really, you know, be aware of your child if they're doing something different or they're saying things that are different or friends are alerting you to something they're saying that's different Then I would definitely reach out to the school psychologist, the school counselor, or and or um, you know pay for a psychologist to speak with them.
1: Right, and And there's so many things now that are out that wasn't out when we when I was raised was raising my children. You know, they had the um, the the suicide. Well, they always had the suicide hotline. Let's just put that number out there. It's one eight hundred two. Seven, three talk and um, that's two seven three eight two five five. but now they have apps that you can download that the kids can download and get you know encouraging words and, and they so you know just it's a different world out there they're exposed to so much stuff now so it's just like you said Helen just knowing just recognizing changes in behavior and really adding that sense of connection, even peer to peer connection. Mm -hmm. You know, if you teach your child mindfulness techniques at home, trust me, they're going to pass that along to their friends. (laughs) And they're going to see their friend, you know, distressed, and they're going to lay a hand on their back Mm -hmm. with support. And you would, you would, you know, some kids don't get positive touch at home. So if your kid is the one providing that, then you'd be surprised how it would make a a big difference.
0: I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I know a lot of the school systems, I know Fulton County schools has a, uh, like a hotline app where they can immediately hit it on their um, tablet um, on their iPad and it immediately they can report something and it pops right to the counselor immediately. Uh, When I was working in the school system last year, I was, I was aware that they were getting, a number of them, and especially it depends on what's going on in society at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, they may get more because they hear something a child, a friend of theirs is saying, or just it could be just anybody in their classroom. Let's say,
1: right, right,
0: and that's yeah. great actually because they're like the number one people to hear something
1: because exactly the friends are usually the first to know. They're they're the first to hear the rumor of someone, you know, being angry or, you know, just whatever. So, yeah, we can encourage our kids to reach out, even if it's, um, you know, sometimes I just tell my daughter, you know, how are your friends doing? And I'll ask her about her friends. And, um, you know, maybe she'll tell me one or two things or whatever. But, um, you know, just to let them know that you are a resource that they can reach out to.
0: That's a good idea, asking them about their friends. Yeah.
1: I do. And
0: that yeah. that actually... You know, has her aware that oh, maybe I need to pay more attention to my friends. My mom is asking me, yeah, right uh-huh. about that awareness. But um, so how can people uh contact you? Um, if I think you are doing a call that people can have a, a free discovery call, is that correct? Right.
1: Yes. So. If you feel like you're starting you're starting to feel overwhelmed by the everyday parenting that you have and you feel like you just there's just something missing that you need to um, you know figure out what to do then definitely I um I, we can do a discovery call a 15 to 20 minute call just to see how you're doing. I have courses on my website, village course, villageacademycourses.com, where if you just want to um, take a course about mindfulness or about um, being, being more confident or even for how to massage your infant or your toddler or your teen, I have courses that, that you can take with there. But um, definitely just schedule a call with me and we can go from there.
0: And I'll have the Camely, uh link for you all to be able to contact Anita so sh- you can have that call. And mm-hmm. um, also, where are you on social media if they're going to look around for you? Are you on Facebook or which ones exactly?
1: I'm on Facebook. I spend a lot of time on Facebook. I'm in the I won't say my age, but, you know, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the social media age. So Facebook is like all I can manage right now. And um. You can find me there on Village Academy for Families. Okay. I would say my name, but no one gets my name correct. It's Anita Prendergast, P R E N D E R G A S T. That's my, um, I'm very active on my personal Facebook page if you want to follow me there.
0: Oh, yeah, I noticed. Uh, I said, I, I did say it right with the. PR. You
1: did, <laughs> yes. Thank you. I know a lot of pindagrass, but
0: without the
1: R, <laughs> it's just weird. It's just a weird spelling. I don't know. <laughs>
0: so again, um, your, your uh, website is Anita is um, course.com. and anybody right. listening, the email is Anita at for like a number four, families.com. And you can find Anita on Facebook. She's also on LinkedIn. And just to wrap up, I'm adding something to our podcast. Um, If you don't mind telling us a a favorite quote of yours or affirmation that you'd like to share with our audience.
1: Sure. So I, one of the um, quotes that I always fall back on, just always, is um, the I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's just, I just love that quote. It's from the Bible, you know, and um, it just, it just encourages me anytime, anytime I don't know what to do. It just encourages me.
0: That, that's a good quote. And what about two things that you are most thankful for right now as of this, as this podcast,
1: <laughs> as of this podcast right now, always, always so thankful for my family. I can't tell you I've, they just show me so much love like all the time. Like I grew up in a, such a loving household, which is why I'm able to, you know, show love to everyone, mm-hmm. um, to everyone else. So, you know, I realize that a lot of people don't have that. So I'm very appreciative and thankful for that. That's
0: awesome. And
1: also, um, another thing is I'm just thankful for the day for today because tomorrow is not promised. So, I'm just thankful for every day that I can open my eyes. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's, that is a great thing.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: well, well, thank you very much, Anita, for joining us on the Achieving Your Child Potential podcast and um, for coming here and sharing your uh, knowledge with
1: parents. I appreciate you
0: taking this time.
1: Thank you, Helen. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate you.
0: You're welcome. Well, Thank you, everybody. And we will see you again on the next podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Achieving Your Child's Potential podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Whenever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to dynamis.com learningacademy.com slash podcast. You may also contact me if you need tutoring assistance for your child. I may be reached at Helen at Learning Thanks for listening. Have a great day.